This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Emma Jane from Fail Harder, the podcast that chats to people at the top of their game about failure, from their first memory of failure to how they cope with it now. I have some unbelievable guests on the show like Paul Meskel, James Cavanagh, Georgina Campbell, the list just goes on. And of course, we'd be mad to take failure too seriously, so every week I have 20 questions in front of me numbered at random. Most are straightforward, however, some are a little more unconventional. And in the spirit of failure, my guest can pick the numbers. They might not like the results, but life's not fair and neither is my podcast. Hello, my darlings, and welcome back to the Rap Chat podcast. Today, I'm going to be your host, Mia Malarkey, and I'm going to be chatting with the absolutely brilliant actress Anne Skelly. She is currently shooting on the new HBO series called The Nevers. And she's been in some absolutely brilliant Irish feature dramas. Uh, you might have seen Kissing Candies. Um, and Rose plays Julie. She had the leading part in, in both of those. So I'm looking forward to jumping in with her. And I'm just going to say a little thank you to our sponsors, uh, Wildcard, Octavid and Film Equipment Store. All right. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the FNI Rap Chat podcast and thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on board. And I have seen Kissing Candice and Rose Plays Julie and they're both fabulous <laughs> films. They're so um, atmospheric. They really kind of like like get into you and kind of pull you into this really dark. Both of them have really distinctly different atmospheres, but very rich atmospheres. Um, so I guess, I don't know, would you maybe like to tell me a little bit about Kissing Candice and just the how you got on board with that and the process? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, let's see. I remember when I got the script through my agent at the time, I think I was 19, I think, when I did it. Um, yeah, I think I was about 19. And um, I just thought, I was like, oh, this is so special and, and unique. And um, I think, you know, everyone in Ireland read it. It was just... Uh, just very different I, th- I thought um you know Aoife McArdle she's comes from like a music video background and uh, all these amazing bis- she's very visual so um uh, and she's very in- she's very interested herself in like you know art art very artistic I guess like visual visually stunning films and yeah so she's got she's got a great little encyclopedic uh, type knowledge of of uh, classic films and things so but yeah but yeah I did about like five auditions um which you know felt a bit put through the ringer um, but uh yeah I really wanted it um and I remember I heard I got the part when I was uh filming uh, something a web series in Paris so it felt like it was one of those surreal moments um and uh yeah I definitely cried about that but uh, yeah, it was it was it was a it was a mad experience because it was my first time going from one project to the other. Uh, I think I maybe had a month's uh, pause in between um, 
uh, filming in, in France and then going over back to Ireland and filming that. And it was a really intense experience itself. Like the film is, is you know, quite dark tonally and very, uh, I won't say magical, but like, you know, it's a, what, what, what would be the word? It's quite dreamy. Yeah, dreamy. That's exactly it. And um, so, yeah, it was just gone from one world to the other. And, and you know, it, it was, it, yeah, it was just, um, yeah, it was a mad experience because I would, I was uh, put up in this kind of B&B in RD and I was by myself and everyone would go home for the weekend. So I'd just be kind of left there, um, you know, going to the Tesco's outside the B&B and doing my washing in the outdoor uh, washing machines and dryers. So it was it was a very mad time. Yeah. So. Did you what kind of prep did you have to do? Like, was it did, was it diff- very different to who you are or to what you played before? Oh yeah, I mean it was my first film. Um, I mean I've only done another one since Rose Plays Julie, but um, yeah, it was my first film. And uh, in terms of prep, I mean I, you know, researched epilepsy and and fits and seizures and the difference between them and things like that and what the experience and physicality is and how it feels after the exhaustion and things like that. So. Yeah, I, I tried to do some amount of research, but I think myself as an actor so far and the parts that I played, I guess it varies from part to part. But um, in my experience, I, I find I'm better when I am more intuitive and under a lot of pressure. Um, I don't know if that's just, you know, conditioning from the Red Rock days, uh, which was a very intensive film schedule. Um, but yeah, with this... Um, Aoife McCardle rehearsed a bit between me and Ryan Lincoln, who played um, Jacob in it. Um, and um, yeah, so we did a bit of that and we did film some, or not filmed, re- rehearsed a bit with the gang. There was the, the scene where they try to kind of kidnap. It's like one of the only scenes actually between my character and them. Um, but yeah, the, you know, where they grab me and, and um, there's the... the fit on the, on the side of the street and uh, yeah we rehearsed a bit of that but it, it's always different on the day you know with weather conditions and tarmac being banged into your head and and all the rest so, so you prefer you prefer very much like responding to the moment or being intuitive not overly rehearsing or not thinking too much about it like, yeah, yeah I mean that oh sorry I was just going to ask, yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear yeah, about your, your process in as an actress, oh, like what, what, what works for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's funny because I, I, I feel very lucky for, I think I've worked every year since I've you know, started acting, which has been very fortunate. But in terms of, I don't feel super experienced in that way, but um. In terms of process, sorry, I'll probably say in terms a lot because that's a nervous, you know, you latch onto a sentence or a phrase, but um, I think it makes me sound smart. But um, the process, yeah, it just changes for me. But overall, I think, and I don't know if this is just from not being formally trained or not having a theatre background, but I've never been one for rehearsing and I don't 
know if I've been really exposed to much rehearsal in the first place. Um, it's always, yeah, it's usually felt very moment to moment with me. Um, I, I find I do a lot of, like initially when I read something, it either clicks with me or it, or it doesn't. I, I think, you know, people have told me I've worked quite instinctively before. And I don't know if every time I've tried to put too much prep into something or try to rehearse, I feel like I use up all my good ideas or my, my, my uh, not ideas, because that's nearly too considered, but like... Impulses. Um, yeah, the impulses. Thank you so much. Oh, <laughs> my vocabulary. Yes. Yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, impulses. Um, but yeah, the, I, I, so I feel like that's that's always been um, that's always been what I've I've gone uh, gravitated towards. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, and it's it's hard because sometimes I don't know if over intellectualizing things suits me either. But it sometimes feels good to be able to. I mean, I guess in hindsight with interviews or podcasts or something, it's it's good to be able to to discuss things and be able to articulate things clearly and themes and concepts and stuff. But usually when, I don't know how good that is for me, you know, um, before playing the part, uh, because I think then you start thinking in terms of being, you know, filmmaking rather than, or or making a story, being a story ideas person when actually you just have to experience it yourself and have no preconceptions or 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 prejudices or anything like that or even even going I know what what, exactly what I want to do and know exactly where I want to go it's nice to let surprises happen and I often find I'm always better when the other actors a lot better which happens often so (laughs) (laughs) that's uh that's why I'm here talking to you so but um yeah so I I often I just like being able to work with the actor across from me and and forget about other things I guess but kissing Candice I think I I, I've just remembered a question asked she's that part was very different to me I think every part I've played has been a lot more uh, how could you say like darker than I am? Um, uh, I, I think, but although I'm very interested in dramatic parts, and as we all are, and it's very interesting and, and fun um, to express those big feelings and tragedy and all the rest. But um, it's it's not until I think with the Nevers um, this this uh, series that I've been filming here. Um, the character is very similar to me in a lot of ways. Um, her humor is similar. She's she makes jokes and smiles and laughs, and <laughs> that's very different. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, because in in Kissing Candice and in Rose Plays Julie, you're going through like something really heavy, and there's a kind of uh, a weight that you have to carry in your performance and in your characters, and so yeah, you're not giggling or hyper or giddy or you know you're there's this kind of contained expression you know you have to really hold it back so that's why i was kind of wondering and trying to tap into process for that but again you're saying you like to just let it flow or go into the unknown and and see what might come up yeah I, i i love being directed as well i love being told brutally honestly what someone wants. I don't like those. I, I, I find I respond better to that 
just clear honesty like you might th- I had a note one day I was like you might think you're doing really good right now but it's not working you need to bring it way down and I'm like oh okay shit okay. <laughs> um, you know nice. so yeah I like that um because I think I get untrusting when I start to feel like there's any kind of you know mind games or protecting of the actor mentality going on so I, uh, I yeah so in um in in terms of okay. um, yeah so yeah they, 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 both Rose Plays Julie and, and Kissing Candies as well and past performances I have been very uh, contained in, in expression and, and stuff like that but it's you know you have to do what the style of the director as well and I've, I've loved the idea of stillness even before I, I started acting I think Livian Rose, Marion Cotier, not comparing me at all. But I always liked her, how she ex- kind of can express large, immense feelings um, in in a very still way with her face um, and just says it with her eyes. And I think there's, I've always tried to um, experience something, something at all in in that kind of that way but I've never been one to push too much or 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 overextend something I'm not feeling uh I've tried you know I've I've tried to actually feel those things I guess but sometimes you do have to cheat it and that's just the way it is it's not always you know Daniel Day-Lewis experience magical moment uh so yeah and uh so I yeah I love I love like the two directors Christine and Joe Lawler um Rose Face Julie they've they were really, uh, I mean, they 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 they're wonderful at um, expressing what they want verbally, and they're just wonderful con- conceptual artists. I, I guess it's they're very much about the the larger way of things that they don't want you to just. Uh, this is what you do, and you do that that that, and then you cry here. It's very much like this is the feeling, this is the story, and this is the part in the moment where, and they give you they give you uh, a largeness, but they want the style consistent as well. So it's it's a it was a funny thing that tension I guess it wasn't to be broken at all. Um, so that was I found very difficult in in there. <laughs> all you wanted to do was make a joke. <laughs> it's such you a know. tense movie. It's so relentlessly tense all the way yeah. to the last second. Um, and it's sort of got some really dark story turns, like unexpected twists that it kind of reminded me of Oedipus, you know, like the, the the classic Greek story. He was an orphan and then he eventually found his parents and the prophecy was that he'd murder his father and make love with his mother and, yeah, and eventually gouge his own eyes out. And, of course, the prophecy comes to light and it's such a, a taboo story, but it's really exploring the depths of, of the darker side of psychology. So I That's feel like, a lovely comparison. Yeah. yeah, Rose plays Julie definitely goes into that territory. Um, like, a, but and and it's interesting the stillness that you were talking about. That's very present. There's a lot of moments of just absolute stillness because I guess we're we're with you because of, because of what's percolating inside of you, and so your stillness is really good because if you were busy in those moments, we wouldn't get to sit with what's happening in your head. I suppose. Mm, yeah, I mean, that's one thing that uh, Joe and Christine, I think they were very adamant about. Like, they, and I think, do you know what? They they do a beautiful job of of 
not making the dramatic sexy or, or super, you know, like uh, uh, exaggerated just for titillation sake or anything like that. They they handled those very dark and complex and taboo, um, uh, I guess, themes and uh, scenes more so, but um, scenes very uh, elegantly. And I know people say that about things, but this is, I think, they like there is... Um, you know, trigger warning, I guess, but uh, a scene of uh, to do with rape, but um, it's it's not shown. It's it's you know very much the after effects on that person, and um, it's from the 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 um, uh, abuse victim, the victim's um, viewpoint, and I just and we're with her, and he's you know a blur in the background and it's left with the impact and I think I've I've not really and maybe I just don't know I haven't been exposed to other films or, or ways of, that's been shown that way and I just think that they've they've done such a beautiful thing there um and yeah like in, in the stillness uh it's such a dramatic and very Greek and uh, in nature and dark and stuff. So it it was intense. That's that that's even as an actor you could feel that. It's it's it is it was so hard as I say not to try and make a scene lighter or to you know purposely try to do something to relieve it or go big with something. Mm. Um, and they really wanted to. They really wanted to. Yeah, I guess, I guess not colour the audience's experience either because sometimes if you act, um, I, I, if that, I don't know if that even makes sense in what I'm saying, but sometimes if you act, you are telling people how to feel. And whereas with the, not blank, but with the inscrutable, I suppose, expression of my character and um, that she puts out there uh, relates to how her inner world and how she's feeling and her and how her position in the world and her identity feels you know it's it's un, unknowable and it's it's actually I've heard very different uh, perceptions from a lot of people about what they think of my character or what they think her motivations are and and the story so I've really liked that um, though sometimes it's really annoying when you're like, no, that that's not what I was trying to do. <laughs> but you go like, well, it's not mine to keep or decide, mm-hmm. is it? So, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting reaction to get from viewers, like that they re- read a completely different take or an identity into that one moment. Um, yeah, that- I, it's like there's a famous example. I think it's an Eisenstein edit, the the Russian um, filmmaker, and he <clears throat> cuts. He gets the same shot of the actor with a very neutral expression, and then the first image is a bowl of soup, and then it cuts to the actor, and everyone says, "God, he looked so hungry. He was great." And then the <sighs> next, the next image is kids playing on the street, and it cuts to the actor, and they're like, "Oh, he looks like such a, a caring person." And then I can't remember. There's another image of something much darker, and again the audience perceive a completely different emotion, but he never, it was the same shot. So it's kind of, that's kind of the filmmaker's art, you know? They bring in the performance, but they can manipulate that performance with image. 
Yeah, that's what I loved about Christine. I think Christine edited it. Um, I don't know if she did it with someone else, but I, I think that she was the main editor. And that's what I really loved because, you know, I think so much of, you know, it, it's not me thinking, but like it just is. Editing is such a, you know, deciding factor of a film or TV or in a performance as well. It just makes you look so much better or worse. God forbid. Yeah. <laughs> well, it definitely made you look good. I mean, there's all those really gruesome veterinary scenes of euthanasia. And then it cuts to you being very solemn. And we're instantly in your head with all of these images kind of plant. We, they're planted in our heads as something in your head. So we're mm-hmm. kind of engrossed in the darkness that your world is. Um, so your stillness really complements that. Like, I feel like if you were busy, it would counteract the, the the atmosphere of the story. Oh, yeah, thank you. Thanks very much. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's a very hard thing to do. There was one film between me and Orla, sorry, not to say it's very hard to do and I'm anti-amaze and type thing, but I meant like, it, it just was because um, uh, me and Orla, uh, who plays my mother in it, Ellen, uh, Orla Brady, sorry, she there was a scene between us and we read it as kind of a jokey thing and that we could have a bit of a laugh and and these characters could bond you know and John and Christine were like no 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 it's it, it, they're so comfortable together that they don't need to make a joke they don't need to break attention they can sit there in the shite and just be in it together and I just went fuck <laughs> you know and it was just so different I was like wow I really did not think it could be this way and all of a sudden something that I went oh a bit of levity in the story it became one of the heavier things it was it was yeah they, I think they're really interesting filmmakers yeah they had a very particular vision and they did they saw it through right to the end yeah absolutely yeah they and they they're very um they won't be affected by other people meddling in the work either because they, they they really do they they really do care and discuss like I've been to dinner at their house they're just wonderful people and they're just so interesting and they're not afraid of very uncomfortable topics and they balance each other out as well like perfectly like Christine's always very I felt like she would always she's super I don't know, emotionally intelligent and, you know, is always brings things down to the heart, I suppose. And uh, Joe will then, like, he says just the funniest things and really dark things just in a really dry way. And um, it's just, they have a beautiful, I don't know, like, eccentric, not eccentric. Eccentric, I feel like, is a bit, trivialises it, but they're just, they're just, brilliant people they're really actually like genuinely intelligent and give a shit yeah 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 it's a good good feeling to be around people who give yeah. a shit <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah big time yeah not not people just wrung out by life all the time which is an easy way to be mm. and then so how like what's the comparison for you then going from that type of work into tv work oh gosh yeah um well what was Oh, I suppose, yeah, the the Nevers. Uh, so I got this series when I was doing ADR for Rose Place Julie, which is funny. I was in a, a travel travel lodge in, in Hackney when I heard the news just coming back from ADR from uh, Rose Place Julie. 
And um, yeah, then I then I started working on the Nevers a couple of months later. I, I don't know. It's such a weird comparison, I think, to... It doesn't feel like TV that I've known because it's so... There's a massive budget and the scale is immense. But... Um, and actually, do you know what? It Because there's more money in the TV show that I'm doing, you get so much more time and you're not as... You're not really under pressure. So I find, find that really hard then to... You know, just having all this time, I find... Even in between takes and different ways of doing it and having like six different people in one scene and spending all day on one scene. I just think that's, you know, I get very uneasy. I'm like, oh my God, do we have even time in the schedule? Are we going to get the show done? What's going to happen? So, because like with Red Rock, it would have been like, it could be up to 14 scenes a day. Um, and it was just, sometimes they would just use the rehearsal that they shot so it would just be like shoot the rehearsal and then one take and that's it and it's it's there forever I think there's actually a shot where I'm looking into the camera and I went oh fuck and I just ducked down I think they actually used I was in the back of someone else's because I was like I don't know what I'm supposed to, I, I guess I'll just walk back I don't know the logic there but yeah but so it's it's just very different whereas this they'd be like you know, we'll just CGI some wings and, and you know, make sense. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just making And what's, what's your character? Uh, it, it's, I mean, she's an Irish woman, uh, immigrant in uh, Victorian London. Mm. And she is an inventor. And she's, uh, yeah, she's just a very resourceful person by nature. And then she's got this power that amplifies it. Um and uh yeah god it's so scary to talk about the show because you just go like I forget what's out there and what we've done but yeah so and she she basically is um best friends partners in crime uh with Laura Donnelly's character Amalia True um who's our uh, lead character and the show is kind of from her uh point of view um, but there's like tons of characters and I'm very lucky that I have so many scenes with Laura and that we're a little partnership in the show because we get to inter- I get to interact with all the different groups in within the show like uh, you know there's there's um maybe the more uh, uh, the you know the people in our orphanage so basically we we have this place that is called the orphanage that takes in people who are um, you know, touched as as it were, and uh, these are people who've gotten powers and is are ostracized from society, um, and it's mostly women, but there's men too, and um, so yeah, we have this big gang of of, of people, um, and uh, yeah, we have a little mission, we have a little mission for <laughs> to save the world and whatnot or something, um, yeah. <laughs> So are That's you doing it. like oh, yeah. is there is there an element of CGI for you? Are you doing green screen or that kind of stuff? Uh I don't have to do it's I've been working mostly with props um and I've broken every single one of them. I've <laughs> I just yeah. have like yeah, because there's some like there is some CGI stuff that has to be done with certain props and so there's this one instance where I had to like, you know, 
run up the stairs and I had this little thing and they were like, okay, so what we want you to do is we're going to give you the real thing and then we'll give you the rubber thing because um, they didn't want the real thing to break obviously and so they gave me the real thing the metal version of the thing um don't know what it's called so i'm just, <laughs> just gonna have to call it the thing my little guy and uh, they were like okay so we need you to run up the stairs and pretend to spin it and then just keep your hand and face exactly still and then just just we're gonna put the um a mat underneath so it doesn't break on the floor and you just tip your wrist upside down release it put your hand back to the position I don't know how interesting this is to hear but and then (laughs) you know and then you do it again or whatever and I fucked it so bad because I've such bad coordination and I I went I ran upstairs had had the metal thing and just fucked it at the camera (laughs) it was I was I was like mortified because I was like, you know, I mean, don't please don't sue me for this. I don't, <laughs> you know, I can't afford it. Yeah. And so threw it at the camera and then just, just flicked my empty hand down and just stood like that. And I was just, it was just impossible, but yeah. Um, but other, other people have to do a lot of green screen and have finicky little, costume attachments and stuff like that because it, it can get so really. precise it can be so like choreographed down to every millimeter and you have to stand exactly here and like that's tricky yeah it's it is very funny there's one person I, I won't go in I think there's a surprise about it also but there's this one person who's basically has to do all of, all of their scenes on their own <laughs> because of the green screen nature and we're just like oh god just talking to tennis balls and oh, we're just yeah. like but we stay here I don't know so oh. um yeah it is it is it's it's very funny and then like when we see cuts in ADR or whatever um and then it's like it will just say like CGI to be inserted or you see all the boxes and, and funny things and people just giving it their all and you're just like, this is kind of mortifying. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just extreme. Um, but you know, it's fun. It's just good crack. You can't take yourself too seriously when you do it either. Otherwise you're shagged. <laughs> I, I think um, Ian McKellen, when he was playing Gandalf, was playing to nothing for a long time and he just found it a little bit depressing after a while. And I think at one stage he was like, oh, I think I'll call up John Hurt and get him to replace me because I need actors I need like emotions yeah that it's been yeah it's it is very I mean sometimes filming is an isolating experience anyway um but with this like with Kissing Candice I I felt like I was on my own for a lot of it um although it's it is very full of other people in the world it just felt like days just working on my own or so this is really lovely and just getting to react off people and work with people and even in between takes just chat or you know just anything yeah (laughs) you kind of you might sometimes form a little family for that period and you get kind of you know it's like you have a gang or you have your buddies and yeah Uh, that's what I found like I because I wasn't living in London when I got this part and so I, I said I would never move to London unless I was got work there because it's just I tried it once and it was a shit show. <laughs> I was just broke and didn't know anyone. I was like, I don't know what to do about this, you know. Um, so uh, I only lasted five months. But uh, yeah, it's been a different story now because I've gotten to know people from work and I've kind of adopted them 
uh, as my circle, <laughs> you know, that I hope to know them all forever kind of thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, I, yeah, I've just kind of, it's been a lot easier the, than the first time because I didn't have a job to get to know people from and I was just here and twiddling my thumbs and just couldn't afford to walk outside my door in the first place so yeah it's, it's a tough just, it's city different. I mean you need a bit of money like it's a it's a tough oh, yeah. place to live rent and getting around and the scale of everything is big and yeah and and just it, that's the thing when I moved over here the second time um like June 2019 it I just couldn't, I, was, I actually got overwhelmed with how many people there were just in the streets. I found it very stressful nearly. So I just um, just couldn't get used to it and I was a bit freaked out. I was I don't think people are supposed to live like this. Um, but then you find, you get used to you, the geography of it all and, and you get to know names of places and that, that, that can be a hard thing as well. People being like, oh, I live over in, uh, I don't know, I don't know a street Primrose Hill and I'm like what's that you know so just getting used to names of places and feeling more part of it all because you have to although like this is how I described it initially was like uh, it feels a bit like I'm a flea on a dog and like the you know I, no one wants me here <laughs> like I just didn't feel a part of part of it but like as soon as I started get like if, if you get a GP and stuff like that you kind of feel a bit like oh yeah cool I have a GP I, that that's very but you know what I mean it's just start to make the place your own yeah exactly and you you feel grounded and you belong a little bit and you've got like connections and because it is tough I remember one time years ago landing in Kingston station at like 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. during rush hour, I was going to a film festival and I was like, yeah, full of the beans of life. And I got out of the train and I I had to actually sit down for a moment because like people were bumping into me. It was just heads as far as the eye could see, like an ocean of heads. And I I just needed a moment. It was overwhelming. Yeah, scary. I think, yeah, I mean, who told me this or did I listen to an odd? I I don't know if I've had human interaction or an audio book or a podcast or tv or something you know when i don't know what format i've heard this but um someone said like oh imagine a homo sapien from like ten thousand years ago being plonked in the middle of london that's you like you you know you'd they'd be like you know the noise at the amount of people you probably want to run and you smash your face into a window like because you don't know what that is and you know technology all this kind of stuff it's just dirt and mess and 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 intensity and <laughs> that's that's your fight or what was it fight or flight or freeze response and you're just like that that's you so i i, I try to keep that in mind so you have to do a lot of anti-stress work while you're here <laughs> to decompress even the even the parks i'm finding now is like uh, you know obviously covid and stuff so in lockdown but every time i try to go for a walk it's just I can't avoid not bumping into people. I don't, I don't love people bumping into me in the first place, but you know, it's still happening and you're like, now I'm now I'm terrified <laughs> of physical contact. Yeah. How so, has how has COVID impacted you and how has it impacted your work? Oh, it's awful. It, like it's you know, it's I've had found this whole experience absolutely devastating and I've not fortunately like had you know had much contact with the whole covid um 
you know, the illness itself, um, as far as I know. So um, I'm, I'm lucky in that way, but I just, I was, we were, we'd just come back from a hiatus um, after filming the pilot and we were for the Nevers. And um, uh, we were filming January, February, then mid-March we shut down. And I thought we'd be going back in a month or something. And so I stayed in London. I didn't go back to my family and I lost my mind. I, I, I got really afraid to go outside. I couldn't sleep at all. I was not sleeping because I've, I had the neighbours from hell. And sorry about that noise. Um, and um, it was, uh, yeah, it was just, I felt like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. And <laughs> oh, no. I just had like cereal for dinner, five hour lukewarm baths in the middle of the day. I would just watch The Real Housewives of New York and those would be my friends. Oh, and no. um, <laughs> yeah, and it was just terrible, but it's, I'm feeling so much more and like meaningless because I was here for work. But um, yeah, I, I just, I feel a lot better now. The weather's getting picking up here and we're, you know, the show's coming out in like April. So, you know, we're doing like media and or press for it. So I feel a bit like I have a purpose again. And I forgot that there was a TV show that was actually made at some point. And I haven't been able to audition even. It's it's just, I feel like I haven't acted in the past years, um, which is funny. Um, but yeah, it's just been, it's, I, I haven't liked it. <laughs> and like Rose Plays Julie was supposed to come out in, uh, I think, theatres and or cinemas in America as well. And it just, that, that got postponed and all the film festivals um, have all been virtual. So um, yeah, that, you know, things like that. And that was made like 2018 or something. So yeah. yeah it's tough. It's tough not getting to, be part of the process of like going to the festivals or, you know, going out to the parties to celebrate like the, the victory of having made a film or a show or, you know, it's such a, yeah. a journey and you want to celebrate on the other side. And Yeah. And it's just nice, you know, like there are some, um, you know, I suppose with, with acting and stuff, there can be faff and stuff, but sometimes it's just fun. It's just a bit of crack. Like, you know, going to film festivals and stuff like that, I would have loved that. And I've never been to the Galway Film Flat. I've never had a film or anything in there, obviously. And um, But Rosalie Julie was in there and I really wanted to go because my friends would always tell me about it, but I had to do it um, virtually. So um, I was like, oh, rats. But um, yeah. hopefully, hopefully it's all going to come to an end soon. Are you eligible for the UK vaccine? Oh, good point. I, I just presumed because I was here, they'd give it to me at some point. Oh, sorry. Um, I'm gonna, oh, God, I'm going to have to think. Um, well, I, they're, they're, it's it's kind of annoying how well they're doing the vaccines after making such a shit show of the whole lockdown and stuff, the UK government. But yeah, um, I yeah, I don't know. I'm a resident here. Oh yeah, so, so you probably are. Yeah. I mean, definitely yeah. they're doing a much better job than the, NH, the, the HSE over here. It's just quite slow yeah. in Ireland. So I think it's a good time but, to be in England. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Although Brexit and stuff, so you go, oh, I don't know. But um, yeah, I hope so. It seems like they're doing really well on the, on the vaccine front. So it, it, there's a bit of hope sniffing around in the air. 
Um, and it's just nice because I've been pretty just like getting so many knocks this year with the lockdowns and stuff and not seeing family and Christmas was a was a nightmare situation and you know things like that you just go oh but yeah it's, it's starting to eat vegetables again which is a good sign of mental health I guess <laughs> but uh yeah I mean I mean um yeah I don't know I I, I wonder what'll who's benefiting in the film world from from the covid things I wonder are like are indie films getting or low budget things easier to make because it's a small crew or are like is it just higher budget stuff that's going ahead I I don't know how it, how it would affect it really or work but yeah so I'm wondering there is stuff buzzing around though yeah yeah people are still I mean there was definitely a hiatus across the board when it first hit for the, maybe the first two or three months because everyone had yeah. to figure out how it works and now any of the productions I've been on you just have a COVID safety officer and all the protocols like masks and uh, hand sanitizers. But like small budget and big budget, I've kind of been keeping an eye on different people in Ireland and things are just delayed, but still happening, which is great. Oh, yeah. But I can't wait for the vaccine, basically. I don't know about you. How, how do you feel about like the idea of the world opening back up again? Like, do you think you'll have a bit of like, oh, they're very close to me. Oh, a hug. <laughs> like, I think I'm going to be a bit... I'm going to, I miss hugging. I have to say, I, mm, I like, yeah. I miss um, at the end of a production, everyone gives each other a big hug because you might not see each other again. And I miss that. Oh uh, yeah. That, yeah. I, uh, we didn't get wrapped, you know, the way you traditionally get like a clapper and that's a wrap on Laura, or, you know, and we all say goodbye or have a wrap party. Even we all just did, went home and it was kind of like, I might never see these people again. Yeah, it was really sad. There was one question I wanted to put to you, and that was, what would you say to young people that are starting out in acting and kind of, you know, they're starting out from scratch and then like a, a pearl of wisdom that maybe is encouraging or something deep that you've learned on the way? Oh, right. Um, well... Let's think. Something actually useful, I think. Uh, reach high, achieve your dreams, put your mind to it. Um, no, uh, one, one thing I um, I think what helped me um, has been a mixture of luck and doing my own work. Um, and knowing people is really important, I found. Um, if, for me... Um, so one thing I would do when I was I would always try to take sick days from school because I hated it and um, I, I would use up the entire like little booklets in the school journal that they gave I would I used every single one every single sick note I could um, and uh, I, I would stay home from school and I'd watch films that you know, uh, you know big directors would recommend or anything like that like John Cassavetes or you know the the classic ones I guess James Dean's and Marilyn Brando's Listen to Me Marilyn is a really great thing to or Looking for Richard with Al Pacino they're very good uh, DVDs that I watched but um and I would watch films and if I liked if I saw a performance that I found you know just particularly amazing like Amy Adams in Arrival I thought was really impactful and I really loved Natalie Portman and Leon the Professional um and obviously Marion Cotillard and Livian Rose and Rustin Bone actually is a very good you know version for stillness and um restraint but um I so I would make little notes in their performances like 
Um, for example, in Manchester by the Sea, um, Casey Affleck, uh, he does this thing. Like, he doesn't do anything actually in this one scene. I felt like the back of his head was really interesting. And I was like, why is he still the most interesting person in the scene, even though I'm just looking at the back of his head? And it was like the way everyone else was reacting to him. And I don't know if like that's part of his performance or it was their performance that made him look better. But I, I would just make notes of things like that. And then later on, I think it was in me to be able to to try and feel and I don't know to not an imitation but to use as an example of what a true expression of something a feeling of of you know a seismic thing felt like and it could be big or small anyway so then what I did was I did a little acting for camera um workshops every Saturday I'd go up and down to Dublin from Wexford and I would do those. I was a teenager, so that was probably very useful at the time. I was about 16. And then Louise Kiley was casting for Sing Street and they needed a young girl to play uh, Rafina, who Lucy Boynton uh, later played. And I didn't get that, but she remembered me for um, Red Rock, which was uh, a very intensive, uh, you know, I guess, learning experience for me. Um, And then the money from that I used to go into like workshops or acting courses because I wasn't trained and I really didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Um, so I, I, through that, I met the casting director Maureen Hughes in a self-tape workshop. And I think she remembered me uh, for stuff and recommended me to my agent, Lisa Richards. And then it's been going from there really so I, I would just the casting directors in Ireland are are brilliant um Emma Gunnery is a brilliant one as well um Amy Rowan uh these are people that I've uh had Carla Strong um these are just I think they really give, give a shit about actors and what new people and young or you know whatever age I think as long as you are trying to express some version of the truth uh you know they're into it so they remember i think they do genuinely do remember um so yeah i think it's worth you know try, researching a bit on how they accept self-tapes and stuff like that i think in their workshops they you know they tell you what they like and you know and things like that and where to email but it's it's i'd say that i'd say yeah that's nice. I like what you were saying early on that you would watch films and observe the performance and little details and take notes. And Yeah, I, I would just try to... Uh, and all their processes are so different. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just trying to think of actually useful advice because it is quite annoying, I find, when it's like, oh, I walked into a coffee shop or, you know, like it just happened for me. And you go like, oh, it's just I, I would love... And a ladder or something, a step to to start going towards. But I think getting to know casting directors, um, uh, I think Red Rock helped me a lot to get comfortable in front of the camera, which is a it's a tricky thing because that just takes experience. Um, and you want to grab, I think, casting directors' attention by having, I guess, some kind of version of yourself that you're that's actually one thing maybe when you're going into those workshops and stuff like that just try be yourself and natural don't try to reach for some grand performance or you know you don't need to cry you know if you do 
something and you're experiencing it, it can just be interesting. Mm. It's just, you know, people are interesting. I, and if I had advice to young actors, it would be just some level of confidence without arrogance because uh, I wish I stood up for myself maybe more or I, you know, believed in myself more. I, you know, I, I don't know if it's an Irish thing or what, but, or maybe it's just, you know, self-esteem or something. It's, it varies, but, you, you know, it's it's okay to want to be an actor or to do it as honest or try something and fuck up. Um, yeah, try, no, not like try something like, whoa, I'm going to do a scene from the Joker. I'm dark and mysterious. Whoa, I'm going to play against the scene. Um, you don't have to do that. It's just, just, uh, yeah, just, just if if you if you do something where you're like oh, maybe this is too revealing of me it's probably very interesting but yeah but it being self indulgent I guess because we're always trying to if oh, Jesus look at me give an acting advice but I think you know a part of us are always trying to hold something back in publicly we don't give ourselves away so you, you don't need to play you know break down in the street at every opportunity. So it's it's really interesting to see people fight against joy or sadness or anything. It's it's there's always some kind of conflict, but then when the characters fight themselves, they can pr- express it more honestly and snot down their face and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> well, so. um, it has been such a pleasure chatting with you, Anne. Um, oh, lovely talking to you as well. It's lovely to hear an Irish accent. Hey. <laughs> uh, I also love the podcast. I um I just started listening to to different episodes and stuff like that, and I just love it. It's great. It's 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 inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. It's a um, great platform. It's like you get to learn about other departments and like other visions, oh, yeah. and it's a lovely insight. Yeah, there's really lovely people on it as well. I I, I really I can't wait to listen to to a lot of them. Um, okay, well, listen, take care and best of luck with the rest of your shoot for The Nevers. And I can't wait to see You're it welcome. all. Thank you. Thanks very much. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.